It's Tuesday, December 17th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. If you thought setting a personal budget is hard, try funding the U.S. government. We'll tell you why this year's budget planning is going a little bit better than normal. Then Boeing says it'll stop building its best-selling 737 MAX airplane, a move that could have a larger impact on the U.S. economy. And finally, a beloved TV show turns the big 3-0. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about how to avoid a government shutdown. Today, right before everyone goes home for the holidays, the House of Representatives approved a budget to fund the government through next September. While creating a budget seems like it should be pretty straightforward, in Congress, it never is. And this budget required a lot of deal-making between Democrats and Republicans. So today we're going to get into why today's budget deal is such a big deal and what it can mean for you. First, we got to look at how the government's been getting funded or not funded recently. See, while the new year starts January 1st, the new fiscal year starts October 1st. Sweater weather. The start of the fiscal year is when, by law, the government needs a budget in order to get any work done. But get this, every year since 1998, Congress hasn't had a full budget in place by then, meaning politicians have had to turn to something called a continuing resolution, or CR, to temporarily fund the government for a few months, weeks, or even days. It's like an IOU signed on a napkin that everyone just agrees will do just fine. Since 1998, there have been 119 continuing resolutions, including just a few weeks ago in November, which runs out at the end of this week. But sometimes, a CR doesn't buy enough time to make a deal, and the government has actually been shut down. Because no one could agree on even a short-term budget. Since 1998, that's only happened four times, once during President Obama, and now three times under President Trump, including a shutdown that ended up lasting a record 35 days. That happened this time last year. That shutdown was caused by a fight over funding for a wall along the southern border with Mexico. All the border wall drama isn't over, but the latest budget sets aside close to $1.4 billion for the wall, more than Democrats wanted, but way less than the almost $9 billion Trump wanted. And this is just a fraction of the rest of the budget which comes to a sweet $1.4 trillion. Most of what that's paying for is pretty standard stuff, like money for different federal agencies to just do what they do. But since the budget is one of the few things Congress must get done, at least to avoid a government shutdown, lawmakers pack all sorts of stuff in there. Because if not now, when? In addition to funding some kind of border wall, this budget also eliminates key taxes used to pay for the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare. It gives millions of civilian federal government employees a pay raise. It also sets aside billions of dollars to fund the 2020 census. The budget also raises the age to buy cigarettes and e-cigs from 18 to 21. Yeah, none of these things really apply to each other, and each of them we could spend a whole episode explaining. That's often how budgets work. Everything gets crammed in, and there's not a lot of time to even grasp all the things that are in the budget. Things like... FEMA disaster relief. Library of Congress visitors experience enhancements. The sanctity of life. Amtrak. A strong commitment to our coal miners. New housing units for the elderly and disabled. School kitchen equipment grants. Immigration judges. Lawmakers only got the 2300-page budget late yesterday and only had a night to look it over before today's vote. So hopefully they could speed read. 
but two things in the budget did get some extra attention that you may start to notice soon. The first has to do with election security. After Russia's interference in the 2016 election, there's been a push in Congress to spend more on protecting America's elections, like for buying new voting machines or testing voting systems to spot weaknesses in cybersecurity. In 2018, Congress gave almost $400 million to states to help with that. But since then, we've learned even more about how vulnerable America's voting systems really are. Just this year, the Republican-controlled Senate determined that Russia targeted election systems in all 50 states, ahead of the 2016 election. And while lawmakers have been debating this budget, Democrats have been saying, we gotta include more money for this kind of thing. Here's Illinois Congressman Mike Quigley. Let us be clear, this is not a partisan matter. We know the Russians interfered in the 2016 elections, and they are going to be back. Earlier this year, Democrats wanted a billion dollars to fund election security upgrades in this budget, while Republicans wanted about a quarter of that. And the compromise we got was $425 million. That's the most Congress has spent on election security since 2016. But critics worry that, since this is just a one-time transfer, states might be nervous about committing to longer-term projects. They want this to be an every-year kind of thing. Another hot-button issue this budget deals with involves public health research into gun violence. This is being touted as kind of a historic win for advocates of stricter gun laws. In the past, the government has funded research on gun violence about as much as it's funded research into drowning, which impacts way fewer people. And experts have said this lack of research makes it harder to advocate for gun control laws and lets politicians promote unproven claims without the risk of being fact-checked, like that mass shootings are inspired by violent video games. This year, Democrats pushed the issue and won $25 million of funding for federal agencies to research gun violence. So once that research is complete, you might start to hear about it as Congress debates guns in the years ahead. So what's the skim? The budget still needs to be approved by the Senate and signed by Trump. But if all goes as planned, Congress is about to fund the government through September 2020, which is great since a longer-term deal means no risk of a government shutdown for the next few months. But while we hate to be the bearers of bad news, we've got to say, this expires October 1st, 2020, just weeks before the presidential election. How's that for timing? Yesterday, airplane company Boeing announced that at the start of 2020, it will stop making the 737 MAX aircraft. Quick recap. The 737 MAX was Boeing's fastest-selling plane, but it hasn't flown at all anywhere since March after two crashes in Indonesia and Ethiopia killed a total of 346 people. After the crashes, the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA, told Boeing the planes gotta stay grounded while we investigate what happened. Even though Boeing grounded the plane, it continued to build new ones, with the hopes that it would be cleared by the FAA before the end of the year and fly again. The company has been churning out around 40 of these planes per month. Instead of sending them to buyers, they've been keeping the planes in storage. But that also costs money, and with no positive sign on how the FAA will rule yet, Boeing says it's going to stop making the planes. And that could have major impacts not only on Boeing, but also on the U.S. economy as a whole. Boeing says it doesn't expect to lay off any of the 12,000 workers at its factory. But Boeing is the largest single exporter in the U.S., and according to one industry analyst speaking to the Associated Press, the 737 MAX specifically was, quote, the country's biggest single-manufactured export product. So when a product like this goes dark, there are ripple effects. Here's aviation expert Joel Schweiderman. 
I think hauling production is, is a pretty major downside that it disrupts the whole supply chain. It, it puts labor in a, a terrible spot. It, it causes a, a real loss of the economies of scale that this airplane has. See, in addition to the 12,000 workers at this Boeing factory, there are over 600 supplier companies worldwide, but mostly in the U.S., that make products used to build the 737 MAX. There's a French company that works on the plane's engines and a German company that outfits the seats. For Spirit Aerosystems in Wichita, Kansas, production for the 737 MAX program accounted for 80% of its profits, according to Reuters. A lot of these suppliers continued sending parts to Boeing, being told that the grounding would be lifted, but now they're considering layoffs. Airlines are being hit too. Southwest Airlines was Boeing's biggest customer, but it's had to cancel a bunch of flights since the 737 MAX was grounded, which they say has really cost them. Since yesterday's announcement, both Boeing shares and the shares of some of its suppliers fell. And pausing production won't necessarily stop Boeing's cash burn on the 737 MAX, they can't scrap all the systems in place to build planes, so JP Morgan estimates that Boeing will still be spending over a billion dollars a month to try to maintain ties to suppliers. And speaking to the Wall Street Journal, Wilmington Trust chief economist Luke Tilley said that, quote, it would be hard to have any other single company stop the production of a single product and have it hit the economy as hard as this would. Boeing says they'll press pause on production in January. And the FAA hasn't said when to expect the 737 MAX back in the air. So this could end up lasting a while. Tomorrow's gonna be a historic day on Capitol Hill. For the third time in history, the House of Representatives is expected to vote to impeach a president of the United States. The vote is expected to be largely along party lines, although one Democrat has said he's voting against impeachment and that he's actually switching parties over the impeachment drama. Still, it's expected that the impeachment vote will pass the House. So now, a lot of people are already looking ahead to what's gonna happen in the Senate, including who's going to become an impeachment manager. That's a special role for some House lawmakers during the impeachment process. Basically, senators will act like members of a jury, and House impeachment managers will be like the prosecutors arguing the case for impeachment. Trump's lawyers will get to present the defense. But Trump mounted his own defense today. In a six-page letter to the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, he rejected the arguments for impeachment and claimed that more due process was given during the Salem witch trials. For more on what's next, head on over to theskim.com guides. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from Evergreen Terrace in Springfield. That's right, we're talking about Homer, Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie, the Simpsons family. Today, they're celebrating 30 years on TV. Since the family premiered as a standalone show on December 17, 1989, there have been 672 episodes. That's more episodes than any other show on TV ever. They've touched on every pop culture moment of the last three decades, and Simpsons characters have inspired a ton of memes. To celebrate the anniversary, you can tune in for their 31st season in 2020. And in the meantime, maybe treat yourself to one of Homer's favorite donuts. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us online. If you want to add the Skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.